Hello, welcome to Discovering Jazz. My name's Larry Sademan here in Victoria, BC. In this program, we all discover jazz old and new together. We'll listen to a wide variety of jazz styles and I'll present different topics, giving ideas as to what we can listen for to enhance our experience. Thanks to Peterborough Independent Podcasters for hosting this podcast. For the next 60 minutes, Discovering Jazz. I'll let Turkish-Canadian jazz singer Fuat Tuak introduce this week's theme. All my life I did things I didn't want to do. I've lived a life of discontent, feeling kind of blue. By now I'm 35, and life has just begun. It's time to face up to the fact that I'm no longer very young. I'm a late bloomer. I get up when it's your dinner time. Seize the day once the day has gone by. I'm a late bloomer. I'm a late bloomer. My tongue gets tied when harsh words are said. I come alive when the issue is dead. I'm a late bloomer. Someday, maybe it's today. A wind will blow my fears away Everyone's got talent, a thing that makes them shine So I will sing this silly song and really make it mine I'm a late bloomer No more songs when the curtain is down No, no more shyness instead of renown I'm a late bloomer Seize the day once the day has gone by I'm a late bloomer I'm a late bloomer My tongue gets tied when harsh words are said I come alive when the issue is dead I'm a late bloomer Someday, maybe today when will blow my fears away Everyone's got talent A thing that makes them shine So I will sing this silly song And really make it mine I'm a late bloomer No more songs when the curtain is down No more shyness instead of renown I'm a late bloomer life I did things I didn't want to do. I've lived a life of discontent, but I'm no longer blue. Yes, today the theme is late bloomers in jazz. For the most part, talking about jazz musicians who started playing their primary instrument relatively late in life. And relatively late, 
for music might be anything later than early childhood, since a majority of great musicians have been developing their craft and their art all their lives. We started with Fuat Tuac, that's spelled F-U-A-T-T-U-A-C, from Montreal, and that's from a 2017 album called Late Bloomer. I don't know if Tuac was actually a late bloomer. I suspect not. But one famous jazz musician who was is the great Wayne Shorter, who apparently didn't touch an instrument until he was 14, then picked up the clarinet. Now he's heralded as arguably the greatest living sax player and one of the most prolific composers, with about 30 of his tunes in the various real books that jazz students use. Here's one from 1969. It's the title tune from his Supernova album on Blue Note.
Wayne Shorter on soprano saxophone, with John McLaughlin and Sonny Sherrock on guitars, Miroslav Vitos on bass, Jack Tijanet and Chick Corea on drums, and Erato Moriera on percussion, Supernova. Now, let's move on to the king of the late bloomers. No, I shouldn't be calling him the king, he's the duke. Unlike many musicians whose musicianship prospered despite pressure from family to do something more stable and financially rewarding, James Edward Ellington was given everything in order to become a musician. His musical family provided him with piano lessons at an early age from Mrs. Clink Scales. Yes, that was her name. But James preferred to play baseball. And it seemed like he hadn't inherited his parents' musical talent. In high school, he developed a talent for painting and drawing, but dabbled in music as a pastime. One day, he was confined to the house by a bad cold and began playing the piano and eventually turned out his first composition, Soda Fountain Rag, inspired by his part-time job at the Poodle Dog Café. He was invited by a close friend to play piano at high school parties, and he learned that, I quote, there was always a pretty girl standing down at the bass clef end of the piano. I ain't been no athlete since, unquote. Duke Ellington was never considered a piano virtuoso, although many claimed that his piano abilities were underrated because they were so overshadowed by his primary instrument, which was the orchestra. Could he ever play an orchestra? Since jazz is a genre where the performers are the primary creators, Duke Ellington took that to heart by freeing all his musicians to be their full creative selves. He sought out musicians who used their imagination and would fuse the styles of many new musicians into his band, making his band sound like no other. Musicians stayed with the Ellington Orchestra for much longer than they stayed with any other orchestras, some of them for decades. Let's hear his famous Sea Jam Blues from 1942, then his amazing composition, Sophisticated Lady, a recording from 1966, two in a row from Duke Ellington. Thank you. 
our favorite uh, ladies, uh, sophisticated lady. The Duke just took the words right out of my mouth. Yes, that was Harry Carney playing uh, saxophone there on Sophisticated Lady, recorded live in France, 1966. Uh, Before that, Sea Jam Blues. If you like this program, Discovering Jazz, please take a moment and write a line or two review on iTunes or wherever you get this podcast. Thank you to Ian C. of Australia for your kind words. Ian wrote, Great mix of music and interesting historical information about the tracks, artists, and songwriters. Thanks again, Ian. So, I'm talking about late bloomers today, which might simply mean that instead of being a prodigy at age three or four, they didn't really develop their skill until later childhood or early teens. But... This next fellow is a somewhat later bloomer than that. I had never heard of him before, but apparently he has become a YouTube sensation over the past 10 years or so. 
His YouTube channel has over 13,000 subscribers, and his posts of him playing saxophone has generated over 6 million views. He goes by the name of Crazy Daisy Doo, but his real name is Matthew Stone. His posts don't even have a band behind them, just a computerized standard backup track. He was a guitarist who loved jazz since age 7 or 8, but didn't pick up a saxophone until he was 19. He admitted that he then got good very quickly, with a lot of practice. He is so smooth on tenor sax, obviously influenced by Stan Getz, Paul Desmond, and Ben Webster. But the real shocker is when he plays soprano sax, an instrument that even played by the masters tends to sound a bit shrill, and it's so hard to play it in tune, but he does a masterful job. You're hearing him on soprano sax right now, playing You'd Be So Nice to Come Home To. Let me turn it up. Well, he's not really a professional musician, and I don't think he has any recordings out, but such smooth and amazing sax playing. In this case here, a soprano sax, 
of Crazy Daisy Doo or Matthew Stone. Let's now move on to a bass player, perhaps the first electric bassist to gain any kind of significance in jazz. Monk Montgomery was the older brother of guitarist Wes Montgomery and was inspired after hearing his brother play guitar to take up the bass. He would have been about 30 at the time, and this would be 1952 or 53. This is from a 1971 album called Bass Odyssey, where he plays some great fuzz bass, along with Joe Sample on electric piano and Wayne Henderson drums. This is Fuselage One. electric fuzz bass of Monk Montgomery. Next, a jazz pianist who put out his first album at the age of 66. Most of us know him as an actor, Jeff Goldblum, and I'm going to pair him with another late bloomer of sorts. But first, about Mr. Goldblum. Although Jeff Goldblum has been regularly practicing jazz piano since age 14, he is a late bloomer in the sense that he never really put himself out on the limelight uh, commercially until, uh, until, until very recently. And it wasn't until he was in his 40s that he began playing piano at various Los Angeles clubs. And he has a weekly gig with the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra at L.A. Club Rockwell. And his debut album tries to recreate that Rockwell vibe in a studio with a live audience. The singer on this tune that I'm going to play is Gregory Porter, who might also be seen as a late bloomer. His career was supposed to be as a football player, and he received a full athletic scholarship to San Diego State University, but a shoulder injury cut short his career. While he didn't put out an album until 2010 at the ripe old age of 39, he always sang, particularly at his church. And he was part of the original 1999 Broadway cast of It Ain't Nothing But the Blues. He would have been 28 at the time. Then five years later, staged his own Nat King Cole and Me musical, 
This recording we're going to hear is from a live television appearance from a late-night comedy chat show out of the United Kingdom hosted by Graham Norton. It's Gregory Porter singing Mona Lisa with Jeff Goldblum backing him on piano. mystic smile Is it only cause you're lonely they have blamed you for that Mona Lisa strangeness in your smile Do you smile to tempt a lover Mona Lisa Or is this your way To hide A broken heart Many dreams Have been brought To your doorstep They just lie There And they die Are you warm? Are you real, Mona Lisa? Or just a cold and lonely, lovely work of art? Tempt a lover, Mona Lisa. Or is this your way to hide a broken heart? Many dreams have been brought to your doorstep. They just lie there. And they die there. Are you warm? Are you real? Mona Lisa. Or just a cold and lonely, lovely. When I started doing my research on late bloomers in the world of jazz, one person who kept coming up was somebody I hadn't heard of, although he was very prominent in jazz circles. He's a jazz alto saxophonist named Frank Morgan. He wasn't technically a late bloomer, as he was a promising clarinetist and saxophonist uh, from his early teens, but he got addicted to heroin at an early age and spent much of his life in prison for various crimes. When he finally got out of prison in 1985 at the age of 51, that's when his career started to take off, and that's when his greatest recordings were made. He's considered to be a leading figure in the jazz revival of the late 80s and continued playing until his death from cancer in 2007. Here's a quartet that was presented in 
Ben Sidron's jazz show on public television called New Visions. No idea when this was done. Probably the late 80s. I'll let Ben Sidron introduce all the, all the musicians and the tune. I'm really glad you're here. I'm Ben Sidron. You're watching New Visions, and I get a chance to introduce you to some of the greatest jazz musicians in the United States. We'll leave it at that. The world, too, but why, why you get picky? This is Mr. Ronnie Matthews on the piano. Ronnie Matthews. Behind me, the great Buster Williams on bass. Buster Williams. Over on the drums, Ronnie Barrage. Gentleman and a scholar. And right here next to me, the one and only Frank Morgan. This is Dizzy Gillespie's Night in Tunisia. Frank Morgan Quartet.
Frank Morgan on tenor sax with pianist Ronnie Matthews, bassist Buster Williams, and the drumming of Ronnie Bratch. Next, here's something from a 1991 article and an interview with Abby Lincoln. She says, Sometimes I think I'm a late bloomer. My instrument started to expand when I turned 40. Then the article reads, Ms. Lincoln, who will turn 61 this month, has transformed herself over the decades from a sexy chanteuse on the supper club circuit to Hollywood actress to jazz vocalist in the company of innovators like Max Roach and Sonny Rollins to, in the last 10 years, consummate vocalist, lyricist, and songwriter. Unquote. Abby Lincoln died in 2010. Here she is from a 1991 album called You Gotta Pay the Band, with Stan Getz on tenor sax, Hank Jones piano, Charlie Hayden on bass, and Mark Johnson drums. Freddie Hubbard's tune with Abby Lincoln's lyrics, Up Jumped Spring. Heart 
hearts together like bird and a feather our love it's as free as wind cause jump spring time so hello Abby Lincoln. I was looking for one more Canadian late bloomer, so I turned to my friend in Peterborough, Craig Patterson, and asked him who he could think of. He suggested one of my favorites, Jane Bonnet. I've played lots of her with her group of Cuban women, Makeke, on this program. What I didn't know was that this Toronto-born jazz musician was originally a pianist, studying classical piano at the Royal Conservatory of Music, but had to stop at around age 20 when tendonitis got in the way. After seeing Charles Mingus and his group perform in San Francisco, she was inspired to study jazz, and she studied with saxophonist Steve Lacey in Paris, and he inspired her soprano sax playing. Her flute playing seems to be a nice mix of classical and advanced jazz. Here's something from her first album from 1988 called In Due Time. The tune is written by Carla Blay, and it's called, let me get this right, Jut Vik Lickling Sang, translated from Norwegian to mean development song. It also features jazz French hornist Vincent Chancy. Jane Bennett.
late bloomer on the flute, Jane Bennett, with her husband Larry Kramer on flugelhorn, Claude Ranger on drums, Vincent Chancy French horn, Scott Alexander bass, and Brian Dickinson on piano. From her first album, recorded in 1988, she would have been about 32 at the time. She's still going strong today. One more late bloomer, the great guitarist Wes Montgomery, who you're hearing in the background. He was from a musical family, but trained to become a welder. Then at age 19, he heard Charlie Christian, and his life was never the same. He bought himself a guitar, taught himself how to play it, although before that, he had fooled around with a four-string tenor guitar that his brother had brought him. He wanted to play like Charlie Christian and that, plus his desire to lower the volume for the neighbors and his awkwardness with a pick. He developed the technique of using his thumb to pluck the strings, resulting in a softer tone. He also played octaves, which became a distinct part of his style. Finishing off today's Discovering Jazz program with his 1963 performance of Eddie Haywood's Canadian Sunset. Wes Montgomery. My name's Larry Sademan, reminding you to tune in next week, and if you like the program, please write a review. Bye for now. Thank you.
Thank mm-hmm. you.